Our topic tonight, the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, or the first chapter, out of way, out of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, the call, the words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkah, the Kohanim who were in the land of Beth Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. So Jeremiah started prophesying uh, in, in the uh, 21st, would it be 21st, right? Josiah became king when he was eight years old. So yeah, so when he was 21 years old, 13th year of his reign, and uh, Jeremiah might have only been about 21 himself, maybe a little younger, maybe a little older. Uh, we'll see, he's, he's mentioned as being young, and he prophesied, well, the next text tells us, uh, verse 3, and it came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, until the carrying away of Jerusalem captive in the fifth month. So he continues to prophesy uh, all the way through four more kings uh, to, uh, to the time of uh, Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon coming and destroying Jerusalem, laying siege three times, the third time, destroying Jerusalem and taking the people, the remnant captive to uh, what was left, the captivities all three times, final captivity to Babylon. He continued to prophesy till that time to the 11th year of Zedekiah, uh, the fifth month. So that's about 42 years or so that he's prophesying. And really, as we read the book of, as we'll read the book of Jeremiah, we'll see he continues to prophesy even a little bit after that. Uh, and then the messages go silent. It doesn't tell us exactly in the scriptures what happened to him, uh, the end result of what happened to him, but he prophesies faithfully for about 42 years uh, uh, under great duress, as we'll read, and difficulties, but God faithful all throughout that time. So outliving uh, four kings and, uh, and their reign. Here's again a timeline. So we're in the time of Josiah beginning, Jeremiah, and from Josiah all the way through uh, to the end. So I guess actually technically five kings, including Josiah, uh, five kings, and then into uh, the captivity time. Uh, he doesn't go into captivity. He is left uh, not having to go into captivity, but uh, most of the people were taken to captivity by then. Um, verse 4, The word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. This is a specific message given to Jeremiah. Uh, but we can apply uh, portions of it. Not all of us are prophets. Uh, that God uh, has called us, that he ordained us as a prophet, but he's specifically telling uh, Jeremiah that he ordained him to be a prophet even before he was born. While he was still in his mother's womb, he ordained him for this ministry, for this calling from the very beginning. And similarly, God has an ordination for each one of us, a calling for each one of us, a place of service for each one of us on this earth. God has a plan, God has a reason for us being alive, for us being here, for us being uh, his children to serve him. And he knew each one of us before we were born, before Adam and Eve were created. He knew each one of us. God's foreknowledge of us and his plan for us 
goes back as long as God goes back. And God is eternal. He knows us and he knew us. But it's interesting, he sanctified Jeremiah. While before you were born, I sanctified you. So before he was formed in the mother's womb and before he's born, God is sanctifying him. So God is doing something to the child, Jeremiah, while he is still in the womb of the mother. John the Immerser was filled with the Holy Spirit while he was in his mother's womb. And the child was thinking and, and, and knew when, when uh, Miriam, also known as Mary, comes in contact with Yeshua and her, uh, comes in contact with Elizabeth and, and John in her, Yahweh in her, Yahweh uh, jumps for joy inside her, the scriptures tell us. And so God anointing him with the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, in the womb, God sanctifying Jeremiah while he's in the womb before he is born. God counts a person a person even before they are delivered, even before they are born. Now in Judaism, technically a person doesn't become a person until he graduates uh, law school. But, uh, <laughs> but biblically, he's a person from the moment God's Intention, God thought, God's desires. He's a, able to sanctify the person. He knows us from the beginning of time. And he has a plan for each one of us. And a person, that's a wonderful promise. If you ever doubt your purpose here on this earth, if you ever doubt, why me, why am I alive? If you're alive, God's got a plan. If you're alive, God's got a reason. And the reason for all of us in general is to show God's glory to those who don't know him. Now, he uses us in different ways, as Jeremiah is a prophet, others for different ways, some with voices, some with singing, some with uh, cooking, some with helping, some with cleaning, some di different ways that God uses us in demonstrating his glory in every aspect of our lives, whether as a lawyer, or as a plumber, or as a mechanic, or as a, um, an artist, or whatever calling God has for each one of us, God wants to be glorified in us to those who don't know him. That's our calling for everyone, for Jeremiah and everyone, and he has called us that way from the beginning of time. So if you still have breath, might be laying on your back in, in, a, in, a, in a hospice, nursing home, or whatever, and, or even in a coma, God still, as long as there's breath, there is purpose, there is a reason for us. Even when we get to the point where we don't even know it anymore, we can't even remember our name anymore, God still has us alive, God has a purpose for us. And sometimes that is so other people can minister to us and be blessed in ministering to us. Or if we still do have our mind, but not our body's use anymore, we can still be praying. God has a purpose for us, for every single one of us. He has sanctified us. He's ordained us before we were even created in our mother's womb. God as the creator. God as the former of us, each one of us, hand-formed by God. Not just a genetic coming together, not just a random chance. God has his hand in the forming and the creating of each one of us. He's called us. He's ordained us. And that's pretty amazing. That's pretty powerful. When you think that God is over the entire universe and the entire universe is so vast, We've got billions of stars in our galaxy, 
and there are billions of galaxies with billions of stars in them. <laughs> and it just keeps on going and going and going and going. And God, who is over all of that, is still mindful of each one of us individually. He's able to see the big picture and the micro picture as well. That tells us he loves us. And thus, we are special. And I said, Jeremiah says, Ah, oh, Lord God, behold, I can't speak, for I am a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all to whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. And that also is for each one of us as well. Even if we're not young anymore. Right? I used to love this problem, promise when I was younger. <laughs> now I'm not so young anymore. But I've, I've come up with a solution for that. Instead of a mirror, I don't look in a mirror anymore. I got a picture of when I was 25. And I hang that and I just look and I always look great. <laughs> yeah, so I just look at that and I'm okay for the day. So. But no matter what our age, and this is similar to Moses' experience, right? Although Moses was, what, 80 when he said that. I can't speak. Oh Lord, don't send me. God will speak through us. God will put his words into our mouth. If we surrender our words to him, if we surrender our lips to him, if we surrender our voices to him, he will give us the right words at the right time. Whether you're a public speaker or not, God can use each one of us in speaking to those we come in contact with. One-on-one -on -one conversations, over the phone conversations, over the internet conversations, God will use our voice if we surrender it to him. And he will speak through us and make us a blessing. It's calling upon us. Whatever excuses we might have, I'm young, I can't talk, I can't think, I can't do this, I can't, whatever. God doesn't care about the can'ts. God can do. And God is the doer. God is the one who speaks through us. Now, we can't speak. None of us. None of us are gifted in of ourselves to do anything. Without the Lord, we can do nothing. So don't worry about what you can do and what you can't do. Be concerned about what God can do. And God can do all things. And God can do all things through us as we surrender our lives to him. And he empowers us. As we are surrendered, we surrender our lives to the Lord. We accept the Messiah as our Lord. We accept our death, our removal. We're empty. We're nothing. We accept him, the Holy Spirit, to come inside us, to sanctify us, to make us holy. He will speak through us. and He will use us in whatever calling. So don't say I am a youth. Don't say I am this. Don't say I can't. For you shall go to all to whom I send you. And that applies to each one of us. We are willing he will send us to all he has called us to send. So you might wonder, what on earth am I doing here? Joseph might have wondered, what on earth am I doing in prison? Now, what on earth am I doing at this job? Why on earth do I have this neighbor? Why on earth did my car break down? Well, God might have a mechanic or someone he's wanting you to see. 
or a tow person, a tow truck, or whatever. God has a person, God has a plan and a divine calling. Why did I sit onto the plane next to this crying baby? Why am I here? <laughs> Why am I sitting in this waiting room for so long? <laughs> What's wrong with that doctor? What's wrong? <laughs> Why am I here? Why do I have this flat tire? Why is my plumbing leaking? Why? God has a plan. And if we won't go, he'll bring them to us sometimes. He'll bring the electricians to your house if you need to. God has a purpose and he will call us, and he will send us to all whom he sends us to. And whatever he commands, we will speak, again, if we're surrendered to him. Have the right word not to say what we shouldn't say, what to say what we should say. And if we can't stay, we can still give a card, we can invite them to services, we can invite them to Shalom Adventure, we can give them a track, we can invite them to come to know the Lord. So do not be afraid. Of their faces. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of them, don't be afraid of people, don't be afraid of whatever. Yeah, and don't be afraid of their faces, and we'll see that comes up again, especially when you're young. Don't be afraid of their faces, people are afraid to get up front. Don't be afraid of their faces. Don't be afraid of their angry countenance. Don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of the rejection. And what's the worst they can say? No, I don't want your card. So that's their problem, right? Don't be afraid of their faces. Why? For God is with you to deliver you, says the Lord. That's a powerful promise. Several powerful promises in there for each one of us. And especially for Jeremiah. He needed, we all need that. And we see he went through it. And the Lord was with him and the Lord delivered him. Doesn't mean it was always nice. He also was thrown in prison. He also had many problems. Many problems. But God was with him through it all. And even through our hard times, even through our struggles, even through our difficulties, even through the toothaches and all the problems that we have and the rejections of others, unfriended by somebody or whatever, God is with us. And he's the only one who counts. If you only have one Facebook friend and it's God, you're okay. <laughs> That's all that counts. And he is our friend. There I verse 9. The Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah was a powerful promise for Jeremiah, and Jeremiah is no better or no worse than any one of us. No more special than any one of us. We say, here I am, Lord. Use me. He will touch our lips. And he'll use us. He'll touch our hands and make us a blessing. He'll touch our feet and send us forth. He'll remove the fear and give us boldness and strength to stand against their faces, to stand against the rejection, Stand against the evils of this world. 
And the, those that reject God, their numbers are going to continue to increase and they're going to get bolder and bolder and bolder. And we've seen that over the last several years. Don't fear their faces. God will touch our lips and he'll give us the words to say. And he'll even put us before judges for his name's sake. Paul was, again, another one in prison so that he could go before the judges, before, so that he could go before the kings. And he knew it. I am here so I can go to Nero. Don't fret why. Know that God has a plan. He'll touch your lips and he'll speak through us. Verse 10, see, I have this day set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root and to pull down, to destroy and to throw down, to build and to plant. Not only to condemn, not only to call sin, not only to rebuke, but also to build and to plant. The whole purpose of God convicting us and the whole purpose of God using others to convict us is so that we can be built up. Our houses are so broken, God can't repair them. It needs to be demolished and built from scratch. We need new natures, new minds, new hearts, new lives. God can't just do a modification for our hearts. He needs a heart transplant. Our brains are so corrupted, he can't just do behavior modification for us. He needs to do a brain transplant for us. That's what God does for us. He tears it down. Using his word, bringing conviction to our heart and conviction to our soul. Using various means, his word, circumstances, situations. Think I'm okay, and then all of a sudden you get into a situation which shows how impatient we can be, how lacking of faith we can have, how untrusting we can be, how so self-absorbed we can be. He uses various means to get our attention. To wake us up. But all of it is to the, for the purpose of building us back up. He reveals so it can be removed. So it can be built up. That's the purpose. The word of the Lord said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And I said, I see a branch of an almond tree. And the Lord said, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. Now the word almond for almond tree, it can also be translated as early, early awake. Some translations have it, the early awake tree. And almonds are that way. So it's interesting, the word for early and spring ready to go uh, is what the almond tree is named after. Because it, it blooms earlier than most trees. Some focus on that early awake tree that Jeremiah, as God then says, the Lord said, you have seen well for I am ready. So God is ready. He is awake. He is early. He's ready to go. He's ready to use Jeremiah. He's ready to convict. He's ready to reveal the sins in the nation. Jeremiah, you're young. Be ready. Get ready. I want to send you forth. 
But also we shouldn't miss the connotation of an olive branch. Some translations have a rod of an almond tree. We shouldn't miss that connection for Jeremiah. What family line was Jeremiah from? We read in the beginning. He was uh, uh, the Levites, right? He was Levitical. From the Levitical priesthood, from the Kohenim. And going back to, Abraham, to, to Aaron, when there was a discussion among the tribes of why should Aaron be the Kohen Gadol? Why should he be the high priest? Aren't we all priests of God? Aren't we all ministers? Can't we all read the word of God? Well, it's like saying, you know, can we all go on YouTube and see how to do a hysterectomy? Can't we all, you know, learn how to do, you know? I can repair your car. I saw it on YouTube. I can do your electrical. I saw it on YouTube. I, can, I know how to do that. I read, a, I read a book on that. So in this world today, everyone thinks they can every, do everything. But God called Aaron specifically and his family line. And so Jeremiah here is needing encouragement and needing strengthening. I am young. What do you mean I'm, you called me for this job? For this calling? Can't I just go and just offer the sacrifices? Greet everybody as they come into the temple? Take their bread offering and their food. Why can't I just do that? Why do you have to use me as a prophet? Why do you have to use me in revealing the sins? I can't speak. I'm young. I want to have a wife. I want to have children. I want to have family. I don't want to get stuck in a dungeon. I don't want to get hated. I just want to be a nice guy. And he's reminding him, Jeremiah, I called you. Just like I called Aaron. And while the people in the tribes were debating who, who should be, why can't we all be? God said, pick a leader of every tribe. Have them bring their staff. Have them write their name, their tribe's name on the staff. And put it in the Kodesh Kodeshim, in the Holy of Holies. And the next day I will reveal whom I have chosen. And when Moses and, went in and, and showed the people, the rods, Aaron's with his name carved onto it, tribe of Levi. Aaron's rod budded, had leaves and almonds on it all in one night. God said, this is my anointed one for that particular calling. Again, we all have our anointings for all our different positions. But let's not mix up our positions with other people's positions. We all have a calling. We all should fulfill that calling and do that calling. So God is reminding Jeremiah here, just as I called Aaron, I am calling you. Go forth. And don't compromise like Aaron did. Don't look at their faces and get worried and fearful and try and provide for them a golden calf for them. Speak my word regardless of the circumstances and go forth and be ready. And the word of the Lord came to me a second time saying, what do you see? And I said, I see a boiling pot and it's face facing away from, facing away from the north. 
And the Lord said to me, Out of the north calamity shall break forth on all the inhabitants of the land. This is the theme throughout the book of Jeremiah. 42 years of ministry, 52 chapters. I think it's in almost every chapter about Babylon coming from the north and destroying the nation. Judgment, warning. This becomes his calling. Warning the people for 42 years, and I'm sure along that time people were saying, well, hey, you've been saying that for a long time, and they haven't come yet. But his warning, his message stayed true. So from the very beginning, Jeremiah, I called you. Jeremiah, Babylon is coming. Warn the people about Babylon. Revelation overshadows this whole imagery. Warn the people. Babylon has fallen, has fallen. Take the everlasting gospel to every nation, to every tribe, every kindred, and every people. Saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment has come. Babylon has fallen. Come out of her, my people. It's Jeremiah's message. Warn the people. Give the everlasting gospel. Warn them that Babylon is coming, that they need to repent. Judgment is coming. Jeremiah represents last day prophet. Verse 15, for behold, I am calling all the families of the kingdoms of the north, says the Lord. They shall come and each one set his throne at the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem against all its walls all around and against all the cities of Judah. Verse 16, I will utter my judgments against them concerning all their wickedness because they have forsaken me, burned incense to other gods, and worshiped the works of their own hands. Judgment message. Prepare yourself and arise and speak to them all that I command you. Do not be dismayed before their faces. Least I dismay you before them. I have made you a fortified city and an iron pillar and bronze walls against the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its princes, its Kohanim, and the people of the land. He reveals to Jeremiah, his young man, this is what you're going to be calling. Twice, their faces are not going to be nice. He's going to give a message of judgment because of their sins. They're not going to be happy about it. And you're going to speak to the kings, to the princes, to the religious leaders, and to all the people. And they're not going to like it, but don't worry. I am with you. And I made you a fortified city. Like a bronze pillar. Bronze. Iron pillar. Bronze walls. Metal walls. Metal pillars holding it up. They're not going to break through you. Stand firm. Get ready. Prepare yourself. 
We need to prepare ourselves. We need to prepare ourselves for the calling that God has on us. It doesn't, God has called us, God has planned it, God has ordained it before we were born, but it doesn't just happen without us surrendering and preparing ourselves for God's calling. Being willing. Confessing our own sins. Before we can reveal sins to others, we have to allow God to search our hearts. Before we can show them the way of salvation, the way to be cleansed and forgiven, we have to be forgiven. We have to receive the Messiah's sacrifice in our behalf. Before we can show them the way to victory and tell them and give them hope of victory, we have to allow God to be victorious in us. Allow his spirit to come into us and change us and transform us and recreate us into his image. Prepare yourself and then go. Prepare yourself and arise and speak to them. There are some people who've been preparing themselves for the last 50 years. You prepare and then you arise and then you go and speak. And then you continually prepare and arise and speak and prepare and arise and speak. But there are people who go to seminar after seminar on how to witness. They've got a master's degree in, in, in seminars on how to witness. And they've never gone and witnessed anyone. They just go to seminar after seminar after seminar. Enough with the seminars. Surrender your heart to the Lord. And then arise and go and speak God's word. You don't have to have it all memorized. You don't have to have a text for everything. You don't have to have an answer for everything. But know God. And you'll have an answer for everything. Whatever they say, I don't know, but this I know. God forgave me and God changed me. I was doing this and God gave me victory. I don't do that anymore. God is powerful. I prayed about this and God answered the prayer. We know that much. Arise and go forth. And speak and tell others what God has done in your life. Greg was telling me before we started, how on his way here, driving here, we should pray before we drive. Driving here, person person walking across the road, almost hit him. Every day God has his hand working in our lives. Every day we have something to tell about. You say, like what? Did you wake up this morning? If you woke up this morning, you have something to tell them about. <laughs> By God's grace, we awoke. It's by God's grace we can still see. It's by God's grace we can still think. It's by God's grace we can still talk. We have a testimony every day that God lives and he's alive. Now we can be thankful in spite of the situations and circumstances in our lives because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, no matter what our circumstance. Our emotions don't have to go up and down with our circumstances, with our situations, with who smiles at us or who frowns at us. Their faces don't matter. How well your car is running or your plumbing is running or whatever, it doesn't matter. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is on his throne. Arise and go and tell people about that. Prepare yourself. 
by surrendering the worries, the fears, the anxieties, the negativities, the doubts, the discouragements, the anger, the bitterness, the resentment. Confess it. Accept God's forgiveness. The habits. Surrender it. Accept God's forgiveness. And accept God's power to have victory over it. And then you have something to say. And then arise and go and tell somebody. And don't be dismayed of their faces. It won't matter. Because if we're dismayed of their faces, God will dismay us, he says. I will dismay you before them. If we are embarrassed about God before them, then God will make us embarrassed before them. If we're embarrassed about God, God will embarrass us. He'll allow us to become embarrassed before them. So don't be worried about them. Don't be worried about their face. Be worried about God's face. We don't want to receive God's frown. God has made each one of us a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall. Why? Because God is God. And he is the one who strengthens us. Against everyone we come in contact with. He'll give us the ability to stand. Verse 19, they will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you. Why? For I am with you, says the Lord, to deliver you. I don't think you go and give the message, everyone's going to go, oh, wonderful. Oh, terrific. I'm so thankful you told me that. Not everybody is going to surrender to the Lord. Not everybody wants to know about God. Not everyone wants to have victory in their life. Not everyone wants to change. They're going to reject it. Many, but many will accept it as well. When people go digging for gold or diamonds, they have to move a lot of dirt first. There's a lot more shovels of dirt than there are of gold or diamonds. But in order to get to the gold and diamonds, you've got to get through the dirt. So you might have to talk to a lot of people and get a lot of people saying, I'm not interested, before you find the gold nugget, before you find the diamond. God calls us to go and to seek those that are lost. I don't think it's going to be the first one you go approach. I don't think they're going to come to you asking, oh, tell me about you. Prepare yourself, arise, and go and speak. Go and tell others what God has done for you. And even when they reject, even when they get angry, even when they try and fight against us, we, they shall not prevail because God is with us. God is with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. If you feel alone, it'll only be because we walked away from him. But he will be with us. And thus we have nothing to be dismayed about. They shall not prevail against us. That doesn't mean they won't throw us into a dungeon. That doesn't mean they won't shackle us. They did all these things to Jeremiah and much more. 
Prevailing doesn't mean everything just goes rosy. Prevailing doesn't mean your car never breaks down and no problems ever take place. Prevailing never means you don't ever lose your job, that your kids never hate you, that your spouse never divorces you. That doesn't mean prevailing is not, again, just everything going your way. Prevailing means that God will give us the strength to stand regardless of what happens to us. Why? Because he is with us. So even when no one else is with us, he is with us. And that's all that counts. That's all that matters. And when we believe that, we will not be dismayed and we will prevail and we will persevere and we will keep on. Because God is our deliverer. So as we prepare to pray today, whatever God's speaking to you, if you've doubted your calling, if you've doubted God's hand upon you, God's promise to Jeremiah is for us as well. I knew you before you were born. Before I created you in your mother's womb, God knows you. And God has a calling upon you and a plan for you. If you need to get ready, to go and speak God's word, prepare yourself right now as we pray in surrendering to him. If you're fearing someone's face, if you're fearing some rejection, if you're fearing some anxiety, something coming up, some circumstance, some situation you have to face, don't be afraid. God is with you. Go forth. As a fortified city, as an iron pillar, as a bronze wall, and stand on the word of the Lord and the power of God's word. If you're fearful of your youth or your age, too young, too old, give that over to the Lord. Age is nothing for the Lord. And use anyone or anything. Trust in him and surrender in him. He's impressing upon your heart and mind somewhere he's calling you to witness to, someone he's calling you to talk to, someone he's calling you to share his love with. Ask for God to go before you and to give his message. For God to touch your lips or touch your fingers and type. For God to speak through you just as he spoke through Jeremiah. Ask for God to give you the courage Prevail, if you're being rejected right now, some kind of rejection in your life, know that God is with you. If you need that comfort, surrender the doubt, surrender the unbelief, and accept God's promise into your life and into your heart. And if there's any sin blocking you from God, surrender that as we pray together. Accept God's forgiveness through the power of the Messiah. Let us pray together or any other area that God's speaking to your heart about. Let God work in your life. Our Lord and our God, King of the universe, we are thankful for your word. We are thankful for the example of Jeremiah. We're thankful for your calling upon him and we're thankful for his perseverance all through those years. Regardless of the circumstances and the situations that be befell him, thank you that you held him up. 
Lord, we know if you did it for him, you can do it for us as well. And as we see the events transpiring in this world and Babylon coming upon this world, the confusion and dismay and sin upon this world, and as faces are getting meaner and meaner and the, they're getting more and more intolerant of faith and trust in you, Lord, give us courage and give us strength. Give us boldness. Make us a fortified city. Make us iron pillars. Make us bronze walls. Touch our lips and speak through us. Give us the ability to stand. Prepare our hearts and our minds with your word, with your truth, with your righteousness, with your heart and with your mind. Raise us up and send us forth. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for empowering us. In Yeshua's holy name, amen.